0: Coming up on this weekend games, the infamous loot box bill has been drafted and co-sponsored. Apex Legends may have seen its best days, and the Ouya, the micro console that never was, officially shuts down. Coming up, this weekend Games. It's that time of the week for your video game industry news rundown. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and this week the game industry has been under attack. The U.S. Senate, the WHO, and Belgium are continuing their march on games as a service and kind of shitty monetization techniques in general. So let's kick it off. The biggest story of the week, loot box regulatory update. It looks like we have a rolling story now. So Republican Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri, introduced the rumored bill last week that bans loot boxes and pay-to-win mechanics in games for, quote, minor-oriented games or, quote, game companies that have constructive knowledge that any users are under 18. That last part is a little bit questionable. I wonder what kind of plausible deniability you can have to not have whatever the hell constructive knowledge is. Like, What if you don't collect the age of the users? Um, So, if you look at the bill, Loot Box is categorized as any add-on transaction that adds a feature or enhances entertainment value in a randomized or partially randomized fashion. going to be hard to kind of work your way around that one. And Pay to Win is categorized as ease a user's progress with content, letting a player pay to skip cooldown timers. Buying additional lives, gameplay attempts, and any purchases that give one player an advantage over those who don't spend money. Damn, <laughs> that's a lot of things. That's that's way more than pay to win. Like getting rid of cooldown timers to me is a whole nother mechanic and concept than buying something in a competitive game that gives one player an advantage over another. Pretty fucking broad there. As reported last week, the bill would have the hand. The bill would hand the FTC powers of enforcement for publishers and developers that break these laws. So what kind of chance does this bill have? Well, pretty good chances. Signs of life for the bill appeared as two co-sponsors for the bill are both Democrats. So we have Democrat Senator Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut and Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts officially making the loot box regulation a bipartisan issue and All three of them had amazing quotes. I'll pick the three best from each. So first quote, Only the addiction economy could produce a business model that relies on placing a casino in the hands of every child in America with the goal of getting them desperately hooked. Damn. (laughs) Next quote, today's digital entertainment ecosystem is an online gauntlet for children. Inherently manipulative game features that take advantage of kids and turn playtime into paytime should be out of bounds. That's great. I actually like that one a lot. (laughs) All right, the third quote, Congress should send a clear warning to app developers and tech companies. Children are not cash cows to exploit for profits. Wow. These senators mean business, and this is where uh, our industry's addiction to gambling techniques is going to bite us in the ass. Truly, truly. All right, let's see our saving grace, the CEO of the ESA, the trade association that oversees E3 and the ratings agency EESRB. He struck back. uh, Here's his quote. This legislation. This legislation is flawed and riddled with inaccuracies. It does not reflect how video games work, nor how our industry strives to deliver innovative and compelling entertainment experiences to our audiences. The impact of this bill would be far-fetching and ultimately prove harmful to the player experience, not to mention the more than 220,000 Americans employed by the video game industry. We encourage the bill's co-sponsors to work with us to raise awareness about the tools and information Blah, 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 putting the power in parents' hands rather than the government. Yeah, that's not a good counter. So, pointing out like the numbers of the workers in the industry is, to me looks desperate. It looks like you're grasping for straws and, you know, spitting out words like innovative and compelling entertainment. They're basically saying the industry's backbone is putting a casino in the hands of children and turning playtime into paytime. And your counter is that um we should put the power in the hands of the parents Ugh, not good esa not good at all there's still many 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 steps until this becomes a law but really now it's time for the esa to take action and truly enforce some kind of self-regulation onto these techniques similar to what they did in the 90s with you know the congress making a big push for ratings of video games instead of letting the government rate them the esa created the srb ESRB, which is, you know, you see an M for mature games and an E for everyone on packages. That's where that came from. So what can they do? Like a little brainstorm. I don't know. it. If you're going to put the hands in the power of parents, then you have to get the platform holders. So this is everyone from Steam to Google Play to iOS App Store to PlayStation Network. You have to get all of them to actually confirm the age of who's playing and put strict restrictions on minors anyone under 18 paying with microtransaction like that would be probably the only way to satisfy that and then it comes down to like how do you confirm the age how do you stop someone who's underage but whose parents want them to pay for stuff and you know there's a lot of details to sort out <sighs> i i'd really like us to just stop using these techniques in full force like Like, it has to go. There's so many other business models that could work. the industry's made billions of dollars. Like, we overtook film and TV and music a long time ago without free-to-play techniques. So, we can do it again, you know? Uh, It's hard to say. It's hard to say what's going to happen because I don't see actually strict regulation coming out. I don't know if the video game industry has the like willpower to muster up some lobbying money and i don't know how the rest of the senate's truly going to vote on a bill like this so we'll have to wait and see this will be an ongoing story all right more loot box news this is a quick one following valve ea blizzard 2k and square enix nintendo removes two games from kind of like online stores in belgium so Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and Fire Emblem Heroes will no longer be available as the Belgium Gaming Commission attacks free-to-play revenue models. I've reported about all these other companies before. They all just pulled their games down instead of bothering to kind of rework stuff around Belgium law. So like the U.S., I see these types of uh, regulations slowly trickling through the EA. Obviously, Belgium's a more extreme case, but you see the Netherlands also implementing a lot of stuff that either fully takes out paying for premium currencies to use in loot boxes or post forcing the posting of all the odds of every single item in a loot box before someone actually spends money on it so yeah i mean (laughs) this is the future guys like this stuff is not this wild west of loot boxes isn't going to be here in 10 years so kind of just depends on like you know who's steering the ship and where it ends up we could end up with posting actual odds for everything but still allowing the techniques and all the games all the way to like you know if you use loot boxes and randomized rewards that you have to spend real money on to get you're classified as a a casino game you have to get regulated by some kind of like gaming provision we'll see all right, the Ouya online store officially closes, ending an era that never was. So, I am pretty nostalgic on the Ouya. When I first entered uh, the first game company I ever worked at, the Ouya was in Kickstarter during my time at that company. So, very nostalgic for me. The Ouya was an Android based micro console that was going to revolutionize the industry by kind of like. I don't know, we were all going to have niche micro consoles instead of cell phones and PS4s, but <clears throat> didn't happen. So after a record-breaking Kickstarter in 2012, which they raised $8.5 million, which was insane in 2012, the console launched and was mostly adopted by developers and indie dev dreamers rather than actual consumers. So a lot of developers who had mobile games or... You know, people who thought they wanted to become developers bought the Ouya, but no consumers bought it. And unfortunately, it was a lot to do with the Ouya's marketing as they market it heavily to developers and to, like, those people like me who make games after work, like shitty small games. And they didn't market it <laughs> towards actual consumers. Like, I don't remember the Ouya being on the shelves of, like, Target or any other company. So that, to me, was their big downfall. The console famously required every game to either be free to play or have a free portion of the game and had a terrible controller. Uh, <laughs> that's the controller is what I remember the most about the console. It, it was pretty bad. And it ran like a poor man's smartphone, let's be honest. Even at the time of its release, it wasn't on par with the better smartphones on the market. So, um, I think the most successful game from the Ouya, someone can correct me if I'm wrong, was uh, Towerfall. It was a multiplayer, like kind of archery game that looked like the very, very old Mario arcade game. So in 2015, Razer acquired the company, but come June, Ouya Online Store will be no more. I don't think anyone's going to be sad, I doubt, you know, Ouya was seven years ago, and it was very much burned in the minds of, like, people like me. I doubt people in their 20s now, even, like early 20s, even know what the Ouya was, so. You know, not the biggest loss, but still, you know, it it has its place in the history of consoles and I guess the game industry in general. So more hardware news: Panic, the publisher behind the hit walking simulator Firewatch, has unveiled a handheld gaming device. What the hell? So they call it the Playdate, which is a very cute name. Is the newest nostalgia device, as it basically looks like a smaller Game Boy with the same D-pad, the same two. AB buttons and actually has a black and white screen everyone that buys the playdate will get a season one pass in all the season one games so that means a new game from a new developer every week I think they said there's gonna be 12 games in total the playdate has a tentative launch date of sometime in 2020 and will launch for 149 Oof, this is a hard one to swallow. Such a whimsical idea, but you have to be high if you think a $150 black-and-white Game Boy clone can survive in 2020. Like, (laughs) Google has already showed off Stadia playing AAA games on mobile phones, and our mobile phones themselves can already play, like, basically PS3-era games. So I do like this idea of hardware devices having seasons. I thought that was actually pretty creative, but hard to say that (laughs) this, like this shouldn't even reach physical prototypes rounds like i'm surprised it hasn't been shot down and i'm not a hater either i'd love to see a future where we all have like hardware and digital stores that target niche audiences i think you do see that once you get out of like the netflix and amazon and hbo go you you see like more targeted streaming services you see it in kind of like game bundles you do start to see it more in entertainment more niche targeting however Fucking a black and white Game Boy clone in 2020 for $150. This isn't the device to start that revolution. But, you know, I wish them good luck. And uh, I'd love to play one and just see how it is. So let's see. All right. Let's move on. The World Health Organization has officially classified gaming disorder as an illness. Ugh, I don't even want to read this. This is so, so mind-numbingly stupid. Gaming disorder is, quote, a pattern behavior characterized by impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming over other activities to the extent that gaming takes precedence over interests in daily activities, and continuation or escal- escalation of gaming, despite the occurrence of negative consequences, blah, blah, blah. Basically, like, if you're an alcoholic, and alcohol drinking takes over other parts of your lives... You're an alcoholic. Now you're a gaming-holic. I don't know. Naturally, the ESA did nothing to stop this. And I think it's really sad that this is actually a recognized disorder because I don't see film disorder or music disorder being thrown around. And we can only hope that people now try to use this to get out of school or class or other bullshit. I don't know. This is so stupid. So dumb gaming disorder what about people who read books all the time is that a book disorder come on this this is just ridiculous all right <laughs> let's get some business news now rarely do i report articles by analytics firms because you know i uh, they're not 100 percent accurate they're just using like market indexes and some sort of tracking to try to predict you know hard numbers but i think this one's important and it's an important lesson so Apex Legends is reported to have its revenue down by 74% two months after release. So, SuperData, possibly the best game industry analytics firm and data firm in general, reports that digital revenue at Apex Legend is down to nearly a fourth of what it was just two months ago. Apex Legend had, uh, to their knowledge, the greatest launch of any free-to-play game in history, according to SuperData, making 92 million off digital sales in February. Now, in April, Apex Legends only made $24 million, knocking it off the top 10 list for PC and console digital sales. There's a lot to look at in form of causation. Like, you know, they took that strategy where they paid the streamers of top Twitch streams, specifically Fortnite and PUBG streamers, to play Apex Legends for, like, one or two weeks. Everyone thought that was, like, the most solid, you know, technique for taking over an entire um kind of genre games maybe not as solid as we once thought maybe fortnite has captured that younger audience and that more mature audience that apex legend was kind of gunning after kind of went back to PUBG or went back to fortnite maybe apex legends three-player squad isn't as appealing to battle royale crowds maybe the fact that fortnite is in the middle of the fortnite world cup and epic put up like 100 million dollars to spend on like fortnite prizes for fortnite tournaments i don't know There was a lot to talk about. At the very least, we can say Apex Legends saved EA from an absolute terrible quarter. They still had a loss in the quarter, and that's with Apex Legends' ridiculous return on investment launch and saved saved EA's face from the abysmal Anthem release. Maybe it's time for Anthem to be repurposed as a Power Ranger mech battle royale, but that's another question. Um... Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. I, To be honest, I don't play Battle Royale games. Uh, Apex Legend, to me, looked way better than Fortnite and PUBG. I, I still think PUBG, I've watched people play it, is a terrible game. I think Fortnite could be fun. I think once you take it to a competitive level, it also looks mildly stupid. I watched some of the World Cup, and I must say, the matches looked very stupid. Um... The metagame at the highest end looks very stupid. I thought, I thought Apex Legends was like the most legit looking Battle Royale game. And the one that actually, if I had to pick one, could have an esports. With their three-person squad system, the kind of class system. I don't know. We'll, we'll see this genre trickle out. I, I have hopes for Apex Legends. Maybe... You know, maybe Respawn and EA just aren't good at live games as a service. I don't know. I don't know what happened here, but uh, let's keep an eye out. All right, let's rattle off some business news, and then we'll call it quits. So we had a pair of acquisitions. THQ Nordic, well, continues being THQ Nordic and acquires Piranha Bytes, the developer behind the Gothic series. So a lot of people have forgotten about the Gothic RPG series. Um, Like, I really feel like The Witcher has overshadowed European kind of like mature RPG series is, but Gothic was up there way back in the day. We're talking like 15 years ago. Um, but THQ Nordic will gladly swell up the 30-person team from Germany. Listeners in the show hear me refer to other companies as using the kind of like THQ Nordic strategy. And that's when a company decides just to acquire a ton of random shit, loosely connected at best, of <laughs> companies and IPs, So random that, in fact, it's hard to put an evaluation on that company. So that said company raises money, buys more random companies and IPs, bloats their evaluation, and then on that bloated evaluation, raises more money to then, what? Buy a bunch of random stuff. Like Piranha Bytes hasn't really done much since the Gothic series, and they're getting bought by THQ Nordic. What are they going to provide to THQ Nordic? Who knows? (laughs) You know, why are these companies getting bought up? Who knows? But... Clearly, their is working. Next random acquisition, Tencent acquires Sh- Shark Mob, a Swedish developer that has not even released a single game. And the eyebrow-raising potential money-laundering acquisition of the week, Tencent acquires Shark Mob. Shark Mob was formed two years ago by former Ubisoft employees, but has not released anything in those two years, nor do they even have like a trailer or an announcement of anything they're going to release. That didn't stop Tencent from buying them outright for some odd reason. So whew, what do you say? I mean, Tencent, Tencent going to Tencent. So <laughs> THQ Nordic going to THQ Nordic and Tencent going to Tencent. That's how things roll in acquisitions in video game industry. All right. Israeli bit, based Platika starts a 150 person casual game spinoff called Game Lab. Nothing much to report here, but the casual game industry is based off of ads, CPI, LTV, and the issue is, is like these games don't really have brand power or retention, so they kind of have to just suck in users somehow, monetize them off the ads, and then let them leave. And the games themselves are borderline commodities and can be cloned pretty fast. so. If anyone's going to benefit off the casual games, probably going to be Playtica because Playtica has an army of social casino gamers, and social casino gamers are probably the closest Venn diagram um, interception to casual, hyper casual game players. So, Playtica is a very smart company. I'm sure they did the math, and I'm sure this makes sense because they put 150 people on it. So, We'll have to see what they uh, do with the casual game market. And round it all off, we got some bad news of the week. Tactical RPG gods Nippon-Ichi Software are reportedly struggling to make payroll. So the Japanese site HaNavi reports that since this Gaia RPG launch on mobile phones in March, there have been numerous technical issues, and the game has been pulled from digital stores in April to make up for this loss of revenue nippon ichi is selling stock at a reduced price frankly a technique i haven't seen from another game company before and they're struggling to make payroll so i guess they're trying to mass sell off stock at a 90 percent reduction of price to make payroll isn't a good sign um i'm really shocked nippon ichi to be honest hasn't been acquired by some other big japanese company i mean really square enix sony Fuck! Even even Capcom could benefit from uh, buying out Nipponichi. Like, they they burst on the scene in the PS2 era with the Sky. They're competent at making RPGs. I think they just maybe need a bit more direction. They seem to be stuck in kind of like, you know, like the early two thousands. Need to move out of there. But they do what they do well, and you know, the brands that they've made would be a good addition to anyone, I'm really shocked Square Enix hasn't bought them out, or Sony. Those are the top two. Like, Oh well, let's see. All right, I'm Aaron McConnell. That's it for this week in games. Come back next week, and I'll uh, rattle off the video game industry news for you guys again. Take care. Bye.